0: Hello, 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 and welcome to the podcast, Authentic Birth. My name is Mags, and you can find me and my husband, Keith, on the social media as the Quantic Family. I am very happy today to be with one of my fellow podcasters from the podcast, Moms in the Known, and she is called Jennifer Zuniger. Hello, Jennifer
1: hi mags hi thanks for having me
0: thank you for coming here thank you for being with us um i feel this deep connection between you and i already and so we had the chance to discuss a bit previous to this interview and i absolutely love today you've got children that are 19 and 22 and I am, at the minute, sat on my bed with my baby that has had fever for three days now, and we were having this moment where it was, you know, hard for me as an eight-month mom sat there with my baby sick, not being able to do anything, and you sent me this beautiful email saying how much today you miss these incredible moments that you've had with your children and i would love you to share you know your experience of of your life and how you see yourself and what would you tell your young mum self to enjoy every day because it's so easy to get caught in in the productivity of life
1: it is it is. Yeah. Just looking at, because right now, of course I can see you with your baby on your chest and it's just, Oh my gosh, it's so beautiful. (laughs) I would just love to trade places with you for a little bit. Um, but yeah, when I, you know, when you sent me, we had emailed and had an exchange and you asked me to, uh, talk about my kids a little bit, or I can't remember exactly, but anyway, this feeling just came over me of how much I missed, My babies, oh my gosh, because now mine are 19 and 22. And I do remember uh, when I was younger, you know, moms who are now my age and now, you know, late 50s would say to me, you know, enjoy it, it goes by too quickly. And, you know, they would say that with this kind of like, you know, not tears in their eyes, but just this longing. And I was like, oh, OK, it felt a little I didn't I didn't understand it then. But now, you know, I totally get it. I totally get it. I just miss the babies. I miss all the things that I didn't think I would miss. Like I miss the sleepless nights. How is that even possible? I mean, I because I nursed, I nursed and I would wake up in the night and, you know, at the time I would uh, well, we can talk about this, the whole um, sleep sleep thing, I'll call it now. I don't know how it is now, but back when I was a mom, a lot of people were talking about how to train your children to sleep, which now to me seems absolutely absurd. <laughs> how to train your babies to sleep. But uh but anyhow, yeah. So I would wake up and I would go, you know, take my baby who at the time was either with me in the bed or maybe in a bassinet right next to me. Um and just go nurse in the hallway in the rocking chair where I'd put the rocking chair and I'd wake up half asleep. And, you know, just even that, I just miss these, I miss the dirty diapers. I just miss the smell of the baby. I just miss everything. It's just everything. And I'm so grateful that I had that experience. You know, that said at the same time, you know, everything in hindsight looks rosy well, it can. I guess it depends. i I'm the person that my glasses half full, right? So it but I do want to also honor you know my truth at the time at that time, when I was tired, when I was exhausted, you know, cut to years later, when I just was felt like I was so overwhelmed and so um, I felt like I was doing it all myself because at the time that was my personality to because I'm so capable and it's just easier to do it myself than to explain to my husband or somebody else how to do things. I mean it just would take so much effort to try to train somebody or tell someone else how to do things. But so when my kids, I can't remember the age at some point I was just so burnt out. We had, you know, I think uh we used to spend part of the year in Idaho and I live in Massachusetts. So we had just packed up our house to go there for the winter and there's just a lot of moving and the kids and you know, meals and I've always fed my kids homemade food, you know, nothing too much out of the package. So it's just like, you know, meal prep and all that. Anyway, I was exhausted and, um, you know, I didn't feel like I wanted to burden my husband because I felt like, well, he, you know, he makes the money and I, and I was choosing to be with my kids. So I didn't want to burden him, but I picked him up from, skiing one time he had been skiing, <laughs> and you know, and I'm feeling all this overwhelm. And I just I just said, I'm so tired. I can't do this anymore. And he kind of shrugged it off a little bit. And I just said, I remember he stopped the car and he looked at me because and I just said, you know, no, I don't think you understand. I cannot do this anymore. I feel like running away and never coming back, you know, and he was just like a little bit it really got his attention and he's like we need to have a family meeting (laughs) you know and our kids were like toddlers so i'm thinking what are we going to tell them (laughs) Um, certainly i'm not going to tell them mom's fed up and she's going to run away which of course i wouldn't do but i needed really for him to hear me because that was my feeling like i literally can't that was my call for help you know so i think that was the turning point for him where he realized and Um, you know, I did relinquish, I can't remember at the time, because I really just remember that kind of wake up call. But I know after that, the pressure was alleviated. And he really stepped in because he probably didn't even have any clue that I was needing anything, because I'm so capable. So I guess I bring that up. Because when I, my older self now looking back, and I'm longing for those you know, the babies and the beautiful, it was so romantic. And just, I mean, I used to sleep with each baby on each shoulder going to sleep at night. We had a, a queen size mattress on. Um, this is when they were even older on the floor in their bedroom. And I would have my girl right here and my boy right here on each shoulder. And I would just lie there. And I remember thinking someday I'm just going to want to be back here. And then I would wake up all right not wake up but sometimes i fall asleep with them but then i'd get up and then go into my room with my husband cuz they were older at that time and it's not like we had the double king size bed or anything but anyway so i i i know my my myself now i long for those times but i also know that when i was going through it at that time you know my it, it's energy nutrition proper nutrition lack of sleep all those things play a part in how I was feeling in the moment. And I really have to honor that too. You know, I I can't tell myself shoulda, woulda, coulda. I wish I would have, you know, appreciated this more. I wish I wouldn't have done that, but I, I do do that. But I have to tell myself that's not fair because I'm looking at it with a different lens now, you know, than I was at the time. I didn't have the information, the knowledge. I didn't, you know, I was, overtired, undernourished. (laughs) So anyway, that's a long answer to your question, but just, I don't wanna, any moms out there struggling, I understand those struggles are so real. They're so real and really honor yourself where you are. And as as we go through those struggle, that's really how we learn who we are. And, you know, uh, once those times, those harder times are over, we can get a little perspective and we also learn a lot then.
0: I think it's very important what you just said is you know you just gave the authorization to every mom to feel bad and to feel like they don't want this life because I think we all go through that point where we would it we feel it's hard and and we don't want to burden our partners But in my own um, experience, the more my husband is involved in the family, the more he finds his space, the less I'm on his back saying, you should do this and this like this. The more he does it his way, that is different than mine, the more he wants some more.
1: Yeah, you know, it's really important. It's so important. I did definitely learn this about that about, and, and I, frankly, it was a struggle my whole, <laughs> our whole raising kids from myself to, again, relinquish that, um, you know, my, maybe I was, you know, like to have control, you know, um, relinquish that, let my husband feel good about what he's contributing so that he'll want to be a part of the family. You know, I don't, I mean, I know already, because he's told me about this, how He felt after the kids, especially um, well, after both kids are born, you know, a mom is so consumed with the baby and there's almost a little bit of envy, not envy, but just like, why is the baby getting so much attention? Like he missed that attention from me. He used to have all my attention. And then all of a sudden overnight it was gone. And then, you know, and he got it. He understood it. And he wanted our children to get that attention from me, from their mother, but it doesn't deny him the feeling that he misses me, you know? So yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting. So when we allow the the partner, that's not always a man, but when we allow the partner to have, um, you know, just a role, whether it's even roles that they might not want, you know, can you make dinner tonight? Can you, you know, when we can, I think, you know, most people rise to the occasion, maybe some don't, and that's an individual, somebody else has to work that out. But, um, but I did try to, and again, it didn't always, I was not my six, you know, six, didn't always get it right, but I did try to encourage him in, and even in, you know, um, just how we talked a lot about child rearing and how, you know, when I would ask him, why did you let them do that? That was so dangerous. You know, what I perceived as dangerous, you know, and he might say, well, no, he has to learn. And I was right there. And so I have to learn how to trust his instincts too. Isn't it? It's all just balance and it's a puzzle and it's, 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 you know, I chose to be a mom with someone else. So it's a partnership.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It absolutely is a partnership. And it's a partnership where the other one is not us. Right. It's complementary to us. So we have two visions of seeing things. And that's the beauty of parenthood, of sharing it. Right.
1: Right. Yeah. I am. You know, I know that, you know, I I feel like it's important for, you know, moms or primary caregivers, moms, um, to part of, to me, if you want to call it a job or part of the, part of the work is making sure that other partner who's not automatically connected to the baby be connected. You know, I think that's really important. And that's what helps keep partners together. Mm
0: -hmm. Absolutely, it's a couple. The couple is the base, the foundation of the family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's
1: done and you know, it looks differently, different for, every family. But I think it's, you know, I think like, you know, same before, oftentimes, there's one partner, partner in the partnership that kind of feels left out. And it's important to talk about
0: that. Absolutely. And, and the partner, you know, when you're the mom connected to your baby, it's, it's, it's not easy, because you get, you know, there's so much things you have to think about for the house. For the cooking for the cleaning for the baby for the food for the but it's it's how if you make some simple steps towards your partner and make it part of it if sometimes it's like it as you were explaining it really well oh it's too much it's, it's so hard why do I have to teach him that why do but then when you do that it brings such a massive beautiful strength to your family
1: yeah You know, one thing I think that, um, you know, is missing in some families today because we're all spread out is also the grandparents. You know, I was lucky my mother came down a lot to be with my kids, but, um, it's, it's too bad because then it does really feel like, you know, as a mother, you're taking it all on where, I think it used to be your extended family would be around so your grandmother or your mother might be there and oh let me take the baby while you go take a bath or let me you know that kind of thing we don't really have that so it's nice uh when we create that i guess community with other moms and
0: friends and whoever in our lives but yeah that's an absolutely beautiful point you're raising here there is a quote that i love that says you need a village to raise a child it's an African quote. But it's so true. We need so much communities. It's not just the parents that raise a child, the child needs to discover lots of different things. Exactly. Exactly.
1: Yeah. You know, one thing I do, um, you know, like on my podcast, Moms in the Know, what I would like to do is Based on my experience when I was younger, is you know empower mothers, encourage mothers, inspire mothers, you know however you want to put it, to tap into their intuition, to tap into their higher self when they're making even the smallest decisions, and not just go along with the status the status quo and social conditioning. Because we as moms were all so different, and our children are all so different. And I really, in fact, I had a um, guest on who was a psychic, Catherine Glass, and uh, she talked about, you know, just the, um, how we're, we have a new soul in the life. Our baby is a soul. They're not. it's not just a, a, she, this is my words, but not just a baby, but it's a soul and they have a purpose. So we really need to support that purpose. You know, we might have in our you know, in our uh, psyche somewhere that, oh, this is how my baby's going to be. This is how I'm going to raise my baby. This is how I want my boy to be. This is how I want my girl to be. But we really, it's really not about us and what we want. It's about really as a mother tapping in our higher self, connecting to that baby and learning what their higher purpose is or what they're, you know, why they're here. You know, why are, why are they here? It's not about us. So a part of me, when I, you know, you asked beginning, like my older self, what I would tell my younger self would be, eventually I got there. I feel I got there, but would be trust yourself, trust yourself right off the bat. In some ways I did, in some ways I didn't. For example, in, you know, vaccination is a very hot topic right now, which I really don't understand why it has to be such a hot topic. I mean, it just, it's very loaded right now. And I feel like it's doing a lot of uh, damage to families and just, um, you know, there's a lot of misinformation and, but anyhow, so I, I'm not sure what got my interest in originally, but I knew I wasn't sure whether or not I was going to vaccinate. I think I had that in the back of my head somewhere because I've always been interested in natural healthcare, natural, like, uh, and nutrition, always been interested in nutrition. And so when I, um, you know, and I did do a hospital birth, which looking back now, I would definitely want to look into the home birth, but at the time, um, you know, we did the hospital birth home birth wasn't real popular when I had kids. Um, but anyhow, so I did the hospital birth and. You know, these two, they used to call them candy stripers, these two young, young women. I mean, they really look like teenagers came in and I don't know if it's just my memory <laughs> that I think they were like wearing pink or something dresses or. I think they used to wear like striped red and white outfits somebody told me once but they came in all cheery we're here to take your baby and I looked at them I thought they were from another planet you know like my baby I'm holding my baby we're here to take your baby and I'm like and I just blurted out no you're not <laughs> you're not taking my baby like I don't know who you are and I said why do you want to take him oh we're going to bring him to get his shots or something like that to that effect And I just said, oh, I said, no, no, you're not gonna take him. And they kind of looked at each other. I don't think they'd ever, anybody had ever said no to them, which actually shocks me. (laughs) So the doctor came back or the nurse came back and told me, "Um, well, we're just gonna give him, you know, do the tests and give him his, the vitamin K and the hepatitis B shot. And I just said, why does he need a hepatitis B shot? And she said, oh, it's just routine. And I said, well, what is it protecting? And I didn't know about hepatitis B. What is it protecting against? Oh, it's, um, you know, hepatitis, hepatitis. And I said, well, how could he catch hepatitis? Well, it's transmitted through sex and needles. And I just about laughed. I was just like, well, we're not doing that. He's not having sex anytime soon. I just, I didn't get it. You know, I just didn't. It was just my common sense, really, more than my higher self. It's just not common sense to give a first newborn baby that shot. Unfortunately, I did let them give him the vitamin K shot, which now after doing some more research, um, I wish I hadn't, but uh, but anyhow, other people can do their research on that. but so anyway, but that was that's an example of the norm it's just normal to pass your baby over to give this first shot. Well, I really want to encourage moms to think about things before they go in and just don't just, just sometimes I think we follow, like there's this energetic flow of, you know, what the norm or what society or what our peers are doing. It's just this energetic flow. And it's just so easy to step onto that energetic, you know, electrical charge whatever it is I, I almost picture it like a electrical charge it's full of energy and we just step on and go with the flow it's like in the airport when you step on those people mover things you just step on and you end up at point a to b so i i feel like we can we as human beings we're social creatures and we tend to do that without thinking about it you know we just kind of step on what everybody else is and then go kind of like the what is it that you know you see the painting or the where all the cattle run off the cliff. Oh, he's going that way. Let's just all go that way. So in these days right now that we're in, when things are just changing so rapidly and new discoveries and new information is out there, um, whether it's vaccines or anything else or co or uh, attachment parenting or nursing or whatever it is, or even school education, instead of doing things just because everybody's doing it and you don't want to look like the weird one. I would really invite people, and I hope on my podcast and uh, um, I can do that, is just to tap into your higher self, your intuition, because I swear to God, we all have it. And we all know the the challenge is you have to start from a clean slate. You have to be, come at it with an open mind and not be swayed on this side or that side of any issue, or maybe there's multiple sides, but really come at it from center space uh, before you then make decisions. And even if, if the answer isn't clear at that time, if nothing comes, then that's your answer. The answer is wait. The answer is you don't know yet. My mother used to tell me that when I would say, should I do this or should I do that? Well, if you don't know, don't do it. It's so simple. If you don't know, don't do it. And the other key is don't do things coming from fear. You know, fear is such a um, great motivator, but it's also um, a great indicator that you're not listening to your higher self because your higher self does not come from fear. So in, yeah. So, so in my podcast, moms in the know, I, um, I want to talk about a number of different topics, not, uh, it's not all about mom's intuition, but the umbrella is while going through these topics that are affecting, uh, you know, most people on this planet today, then, we can learn about it and then tap into your own higher self and see what feels right, what feels, yeah, maybe not so much, or because we're all different. Some things might, you know, gel more with some people and some people, you know, might be more this way. Nobody's gonna have the same experience with, with what they hear. So so that's um, what my podcast is and that's what even you know with your listeners uh, as looking back at my younger self, would be telling myself a little bit sooner in other areas to trust myself, to trust, because sometimes I would go against what I, I'm like, eh, I like either I was re, re, uh, responding out of fear or I wasn't um, real present, you know? I would just be caught up in the energy of what everybody else was saying I should do. and uh we as young moms were told all the time you know how to raise our kids <laughs> by well meaning meaning people and we can take it and listen to advice and we can read the expert books and but i think at the end of the day after we've taken the information we need to just sit with ourselves and make decisions coming from our
0: higher self i think oh, that's a lot there <laughs> Perfect. It's lovely. What, what you said that is very important is that we need information. So we need to tap into information to make on enlightened choices. We need to face information and go here and go there and keep our critical brain open to see what resonates with us and what doesn't. And what you were saying about the intuition is fantastic. Would you have um, an exercise or something we can do to 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 connect with our intuition?
1: Well, I um it, it's so well, what I do now is different than what it, it's always changed for me. But I mean, per se, I love Pilates since the pandemic and my Pilates studio or the one I went to it's closed then I haven't been going <laughs> and I haven't been doing much of all occasionally I'll walk the dog but uh but that's all right you know that's all right I don't we can't beat ourselves up if we're not always you know there's a time and a place so but what I did with the kids back then let me think um I did actually I think I there was at the rec center I know I was doing some sort of exercise um either yoga or there was a what was it at the time that was popular? The uh, step classes. <laughs> you know. <the laughs> so I think I did that. I have always, you know, been the person that goes to the gym and exercises. So I, I found, I can't remember specifically, but what I would suggest is just finding whatever is in your area right now. It's probably hard and people are in different places. Some people, I don't even know if they can go out for a walk these days. Maybe they can, but yeah, just even just walks. I, I don't know. I, I'm not, um... and, and, and
0: when you walk, you can tap in your intuition, right?
1: Oh, absolutely. Oh, so are you talking about exercise to tap into our intuition? Yeah. Oh, okay. So, Sorry
0: if it wasn't clear.
1: <laughs> yeah. So how I, for that, um, so breathing, it's not really exercise, but breathing, right? When we take the deep breaths and somebody recently told me how when you take the deep breaths, really in, in, you know, when you're pumping in and out your breath really hard and, um, but when you can hold it at the top, then it actually releases the crystals in your pineal gland, which actually then do raise into your higher self. Maybe you know more about that than I do. This is something that I just, you know, recently was reading about and somebody was talking about, but um, so breath work but what the for this the pandemic for me has been actually wonderful because from this aspect because it has slowed things down and you know i, I just sit in the mornings and i have like a contemplative meditation i did for a couple of years uh last maybe two and a half years uh have done the course in miracles which is a spiritual uh guide workbook if you will um And I haven't necessarily been doing that, but of course that has sat with me and it's already, it's in my soul, it's in me. So now I, in the mornings, I have a contemplative meditation. Sometimes my, usually my eyes open and I just look in the backyard and I just might stare at a branch or a leaf and just sit there and just stare and just, you know, you let the thoughts kind of melt away and just kind of see what comes. So that's one thing I I don't do, one thing all the time, it just changes. I keep a journal sometimes and I'll write to my higher self. Uh, I'll write to the universe. Sometimes I'll write to Jesus and I'm not a Christian person, but I write to whatever, I don't like to put labels in, so I just, whatever comes to me, I try to stay connected. So I write to my higher self, I write to my angels, I write to my deceased grandmother, Mama Piti, who is a very spiritual person. I just write to somebody, whoever wants to listen to me, I write to them. And sometimes I write, to, like I said, to my higher self and I'll get answers back to my higher self, which I'll just write out the answers. And once you start in that flow of actually writing, it's amazing what can be unlocked and you'll start writing back to yourself and oh, right. Like if I have a question i something, I'll, my higher self will answer the question for me. So that's um, not really exercise per se, but that's what I do in the mornings. Uh, yeah, I know it's, it's really, um, yeah, it's interesting. My perception since I started, um, doing the Course in Miracles has kind of changed, not just the Course in Miracles actually, but you know, you may be familiar with, uh, the Biology of Belief and Bruce Lipton's work and these great, you know, scientists and teachers who are teaching us about the power of our mind. and how we create our reality with our mind. So, I mean, we can change the cells in our body with our minds. So the value of exercise I think is still valuable, but I don't place it at the same value as I once did, because if it's an, if it feels like it's something that you want to do, wonderful. If it feels like something, you know, you have to do, or that you're finding resistance about, then I would kind of ask yourself about that. You know, I would. For me, I would kind of take a break and okay, what's this about? Um. Yeah. So it, it's it's it's. I I have less of a. a I place less importance on exercising right now, although I do say I love to stretch. Um, And I know some people believe, you know, oh, your house is a temple, you have to keep your body active. And I totally agree and support, but I think I'm thinking right now just more in short term, like right now I'm not exercising. Like I said, I'm doing some walks, but I'm not going to say, oh, I have to go out and, you know, jog. I used to be a runner and I, you know, I can't run anymore because my knees, So maybe I should have listened to my higher self back then. Like, oh, you know, taper off a little bit, do something else. But anyhow, yeah, that's how I
0: get in touch. You gave gave ideas here of exercise that it's just, it's so simple is just take a pen and a piece of paper and write things down. Just, Just do it just because that is a sort of introversion that allows you to connect, to maybe switch a bit off your neocortex here that takes so much space and go and connect with a deeper part of yourself. Especially when you want to fix something or you know, you don't know which way to go. Or so that's one Absolutely. thing. That-
1: you know, I feel like what when you just said that, it just boom, zoomed into me. This is what it is we have blocks in our body. We hold tension and we have energetic blocks. So if we're not um, clearing that out, that actually can be a source of disease, you know? Uh, When we're writing and we're writing down what's coming from our thoughts, our higher self, I, I always say higher self, because I'm not talking about writing out what our critical brain, you can start out that way. You can start out complaining this and that. And I did this and I can't stand. That's not what I'm talking about though. <laughs> but when you're writing from your higher self um, and going a little deeper, then I really think that that unblocks those energy spaces, that energy, you know, there are other ways to do that. I am a fan of tapping the emotional freedom technique technique EFT yeah exactly you tap on your head and these different pressure points and of course there's all sorts of ways to do that but I really think that you know writing because that's a way that we're speaking our truth and when we hold our truth in and when we aren't speaking it um, then those energy centers we create blockages energetic blockages and I don't know maybe it's even I don't know is there anything or have you read anything about maybe even not just energy blockages but spiritual blockages you know soul blockages i don't know but throwing that out there
0: <laughs> it, it blocks i think the tapping one of my the most beautiful teachers that i have um in in my doula work she's called wapio and uh, she's for me she's just amazing in what she teaches and one thing she teaches is every day we should tap our energetic centers
1: our energy sensors yes so are you talking about like on all the chakras or
0: so just- the pineal gland mm. um the pe- pituitary. this one I, I think
1: third eye is
0: yeah and then you've got the um your throat, which I can't remember in English how it's called. The
1: throat chakras or the throat? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. But it's, um, they are our, where our hormones are produced.
1: Oh, right, In um, the thyroid?
0: Thyroid, Th- thyroid, yes. And then you've got the thymus.
1: The thymus, on yeah. where your heart chakra is.
0: And then the thymus and the heart, because there's two hormones that are very important in your heart. And you should tap your mammal glands. Mm. And then your stomach a bit everywhere to activate all these hormones. And then you go down into your ovaries. And in the back, you've got the surrenales that are also super important. And just by tapping these points where you've got these hormones that are created every day, you give them coherence.
1: You give them what?
0: Coherence. Um, cohesion. Oh, cohesion. You basically, you basically give them an intention to go and serve your body to their best.
1: Hmm. Now, who is that teacher? I want to write that down. Who it's is...
0: Wapio. W-H-A-P-I-O.
1: Huh. Does she have a book or a website? Or
0: He's got a website. He? The Matrona.
1: The Matrona. Okay. I'm writing that down. I love to, whenever I get little bits and pieces of information, <laughs> I love reading new information and learning. And I have like, you know, I don't know. That's just part of them. 20 books on my to read. <laughs> like I'm online and, you know, somebody recommends a book and I'll just order it and then... <laughs> I go, add that to
0: the queue. <laughs> same for me. Absolutely same for me. Yeah. Um, so that's it. She said, put intention in tapping your glands in your body to release the hormones and make them work for you. Mm. Otherwise, they'll just go a bit wherever they want. You know. That's very, that, I think that's an interesting. And yeah. I, I would like to jump back on what you were saying about, you know, when sometime you really don't feel like doing something, just question yourself, is that the right way for you? And that I can understand at a higher level, but when it comes to, I do not want to cook tonight, what do you do? (laughs)
1: Yeah, you know, it's interesting. With daily practical things, I guess it just depends on your household situation and, you know, I'm really uh, fortunate. I have resources. If I don't want to cook, I can go out to dinner. And, but for me to say that, you know, that's not the case with many people, right? So I don't know. Frankly, I don't have the answers for everything. For myself, though, I think what I would do. If, it was, if I was in that position and what I have done actually, when I don't feel like cooking, and it's not like I can go out to eat all the time or I necessarily even want to go out to eat all the time, but, uh, I'm just, but sometimes I just kind of, you can kind of tr- trick your mind. You can kind of just flip a little switch. This is the power of the mind. This is what I love about biology of belief. So one way to get me to a place where I'm a little bit more open and available and have a little bit more energy it's just a simple gratitude exercise you know so just sit i might go and sit in my place where i look out the window maybe around three o'clock four o'clock uh if it's possible or maybe the kids are playing and be loud and even that's not possible but if at some point you can just take even go to the bathroom sit on the toilet and just you know just tap into that gratitude and if you can't think of anything to be grateful for I mean, there's so many things, right? Be grateful you have two hands you can put together in a prayer pose, for example. Be grateful that you know you can open a window and hopefully get some fresh air. Be grateful if you can do a jumping jack. you know there're just obviously there's the obvious things to be grateful for, you know, but uh but yeah, when I tap into that place of gratitude, it can really erase the um my previous mood and be a little bit more open. And then I might think about, you know, if I don't have a lot of food in the fridge and maybe I wanna be a little bit creative, what can I put together? You know, maybe make it a little more fun. What can I, what can I make for dinner? How can I make this meal, you know, for my kids or for the family? Or I might uh, think, okay, well today I'm gonna get my kids up here. You know we're depending on how old they are open the fridge what can you let's try to make something for dinner i haven't had a clue i don't have a clue what to make you know or just switch it up i think from gratitude though from gratitude and you let your higher self come in and you know i think that um, it'll be easier now the other thing that i do also do sometimes is i kind of bribe my mind another little trick like for me it would be laundry i hate doing laundry i mean i grew up doing the laundry and uh you know my sister and i did well we grew up my mother single family single parent family and so she was a unitarian minister and on the weekends for a sunday if we wanted to get out of church we did the laundry <laughs> we would go to the laundromat so so i hate laundry now <laughs> i've done it too many years So in that case, if I had a bunch of laundry downstairs to do, I might give my bribe my mind. I might say, okay, if you start that laundry, if you get those, you know, you just put the load in and then I might give myself a reward right out, right after that. Okay, after you get that load sorted and you put that first load in, then, you know, whatever, give yourself reward, whether it's maybe a little bite of a chocolate or whether it's, you know, give yourself you know, five minutes to yourself for whatever it is, just give your makeup a reward that for me, sometimes it's a cup of tea. I get to have a cup of tea and I'm going to just sit and have a cup of tea and put everything else on hold, you know? So it's kind of um, tricking your mind into approaching something that you don't want to do and making it a little fun,
0: you know? I love it. I I really love these two things. that you shared with us because it is how to trick our brain and how to bring back fun in our life even on these tasks that come again and come again and come again
1: yeah and it's not easy it's not easy and if these tricks work wonderful and if they don't it's nothing you know maybe they're a crappy trick for some people if they work wonderful you know I'm my mind goes to uh, God bless my daughter. She's so creative and she has so many wonderful gifts. And she, that creativity, uh, she's, she's very messy. Shall I just say that? She's very, very messy. Very, 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 very messy. <laughs> <laughs> and it's something that, you know, um, throughout the years, you know, we've tried to help her with, we've gotten so many suggestions from so many people. And I have to say that they might've been bandaged at the time, but they didn't really do anything. They didn't really do anything. (laughs) Not really. And uh, so that would be a source of frustration for me, definitely like, you know, it'd always be like a battle to clean a room. and there was, um, you know, sometimes then I would be like, okay, just, my husband would say, you just have to give it up. It's her room. just shut the door. And so I would do that for a little while, but underneath inside of me, it was just eating at me, that little seed that, Oh, that room is a mess. Right. And I take a peek in and it would just be horrible. You know, we wouldn't have any spoons downstairs in the, the, (laughs) so my God, all the dirty dishes are in my sis, my daughter's room. And like I said, she has so many beautiful things. And I know that this is actually a gift in disguise because how she sees the world is so, so much, um, integrated and you know I kind of tend to see things compartmentalized she sees things all spread out and if anything is ever lost she knows exactly where it is because she just anyhow so that would be a source for me that would be hard for me to um let go but yet that the lesson becomes you know, right, how to relinquish that control, how to let her be her, how to, you know, it becomes something that I can work on. It's not about her, you know, because some moms would be fine with that. For some moms, it's another issue. So, but when we flip it around and I've learned that, oh, a lot of the things that upset me are really my issues. It's my baggage, it's my work. So let's, and then I can look at it again, another trick of the mind, thank you universe for bringing this to me because this is what i need to work on and now i can ease up on my daughter and work on it myself you know that might involve tapping that might involve some exercise that might involve writing to my higher self that might be getting out my gratitude journal that could be a lot of things to change the energy around the issue um i know for some people on some deep issues and i haven't done it but i've learned about, you know, the power of hypnosis, uh, when you can get past that critical brain to change some of your uh, past beliefs, a lot of those beliefs were formed, well, all of them are critical brain, you know, zero through seven, and actually in the womb, up until seven. So we have these beliefs that are just ingrained in us. And we don't even know that they're there, maybe, but we keep on coming up against these lessons you know so uh yeah so through hypnosis and hypnotherapy even like on tapes i think there's some way i was reading somewhere maybe it's on one of my books back there that i have to pick up and read but um about the power of uh just hypno hypno hypnotherapy tapes so you don't actually have to go to a hypnotherapist Um because i guess we can enter that um that energetic wavelength i think it's theta when we're in hypnosis you can put yourself there like right before sleep or right when you wake up and it's in those um times when you can reprogram
0: you know beliefs that aren't
1: working for you
0: anymore absolutely you're fully right um these uh, theta waves um where there is more space uh, allows us to, 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 to reach some part of the programming and reprogram in them.
1: Yeah, so you're familiar with that. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. it's absolutely, yeah. That's so cool. So When you say more space, what do you mean compared to like the uh, other waves? Like, um, what is it, Delta, Alpha, and what's the other one that we're mostly So in?
0: We're in beta most it's of the beta, time. Yeah. And this is our neocortex brain. And we've got lots and lots and lots of oscill oscill oscillate waves, like energy waves. Mm -hmm. And because there's so many waves, it goes so fast. There is no space. Oh, I see. There is no space between each wave to get some other information, our neocortex, our our analytic brain okay our analytic brain um is so dense in waves that there is no space to connect with what you call the higher self i see oh that's brilliant i guess and then you get into alpha where there is a bit more space it's a space where we're more like in creativity Mm. or when we when we like meditate when we paint when we can listen to things so there's more space when we when we walk outside just connect to nature you know and then um there's theta which is more like a deep meditation sleeping space and there's delta that is even further there where you get connected to much more.
1: And that's when you're in a deep sleep.
0: Yeah, that's the deep sleep. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, there's yeah, so I, learn. There's so there's much to, much
0: so to learn. So much to learn. And it's beautiful. I, I find um all this learning is beautiful. It, the getting the journey towards your true self is so beautiful. It's so beautiful.
1: And I think that motherhood really helps. Um, You know support that learning and again taking it then back to the baby right isn't it when we have this information and we look at that juicy baby and it's like wow what are they going to be learning on their journey what can i learn from them you know
0: as a mom and they also give us the chance to ask to put limits (laughs) on what we believe and what we're not okay with Oh, I haven't looked at it like that. Yes. Yeah. Well, thank you, Jennifer, for this beautiful conversation that we just had.
1: Yes, So thank we you. will find
0: all these super interesting um, podcasts that you're, sent, you're, you're, you're releasing a, around um, mothers in the known. Yeah, in the and, know, yeah. In the know, excuse me. And you speak about all these interesting subjects Uh, to allow us to tap into our intuition, but through very different um, uh, subjects. Yeah. Yeah. We will put the link under this podcast. Thank you for opening up. Thank
1: you. What a wonderful conversation with you. Thank you. I appreciate your having me on.
0: It was beautiful. Thank you.
1: Au revoir. Au revoir. Au revoir. (laughs) She's like, all right, that's enough, mom.